0: Thank you, Kara. I was I was going to brag on you this morning and Ben for just a moment. Um, just bear with me because it's my children. I just have to tell you how wonderful they are. Um, if you're new to this church or recently new, I just want to let you know how blessed you are to be part of this church. Um, I've been in church. I, I gave my really gave my heart seriously to the Lord when I was about 24 years old and came out of uh, when I was in high school. um, I was a mess. I was an alcoholic. I was a true, full-blown alcoholic in high school and a drug addict. My parents were alcoholics. Um, I had a sister that was killed in a car accident when I was in high school, and so um, I just had so much confusion and pain and didn't know what to do with it, and so I just turned to alcohol and drugs to try to the pain, and that's a horrible place to live. And so I can say, because I've been on that side of, you know, life, and now I've been on the side of serving the Lord, and nothing could be better. To, um, and I'm, I'm going to get into that a, a little bit in a minute, but, but the reason you're so blessed to be part of this church is because for 37 years I've been going to church and in, been in many uh, church conferences and around uh, the body of Christ and it's very, very rare to find a church that has solid biblical teaching that moves in the power of the Holy Spirit that allows the prophetic uh, move of the Spirit and that has uh, the freedom of of you know, there's, there's a difference between um, taking care of the sheep and controlling the sheep. And your pastors take care of the sheep, but they don't control the sheep. And um, and, and that, like I said, that's such a rarity. And the biggest thing is Ben and Kara, and I know, I'm i not saying this because they're my children. Because I'm such a straight shooter. If you know me, I'm so black and white. And that's, you know, a good and a bad thing. Um, but... They love people well, and you'll find that out. And those of you that have been at this church for many years, Margarita, you know for sure. Yeah, you're you're like my family because you've loved my children and grandchildren so well. And so you know, I love you for that. You you're an amazing person. So, anyways, I always like to um, open in prayer. Um, huge on prayer, just like. It's we we can't live the Christian life apart from prayer. So I just encourage you. um, Every day just it's just conversation with God. You know, sometimes we make prayer so difficult and you have to I have to have these great words or whatever be so eloquent and that's not it. God's just looking at your heart. He's your best friend. He just I mean just just having daily conversation with him you'll just be amazed the way he begins to speak to you as you talk to him and so um would you just be kind enough to stretch your hands towards me That just shows that you're just in agreement and so father i thank you for um what you're doing at this church so proud of my children and grandchildren and and lord so thankful for the people that you have brought here because god i know that they are going to be loved well they're going to be discipled well and Father, you're raising up an army right here of people that are going to be history makers. I know that Father. And so Lord I ask for your anointing to rest upon me this morning, God, that you'll help me to convey your heart. Uh, don't let me get in the way, mighty one, of what you want to say to, to these people that you love so much and, and now would you just put your hands on your own heart? <clears throat> Father, we say open our hearts to receive. Lord, this we're not playing games. This is serious business. Uh, Lord, we just, we believe today that we're going to be transformed uh, through this word. We're going to be drawn closer to Jesus, and Jesus is going to be glorified, and we're going to be those that are going to produce that 30, 60, 100-fold for your glory, uh, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Kara um, wanted me to come and, and teach on end times, and so I'm, like, super excited because I get so... Um, encouraged as i study in times and as i've studied and as i talk about it because we're approaching a a time when the lord jesus is coming back to the earth to set up the kingdom of heaven and it's it's the most exciting time to be alive by far and so i i titled my message uh, the rapture expect the unexpected and i know that seems like an oxymoron but i'm going to explain that um here in a minute or try to anyways so uh, Kara had said, Dad, can you kind of tell us uh, where we are right now, I think she said, and, and, and where we're going, and then what is it going to look like uh, when we get there? And I'm like, okay, and I do that in how many minutes? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know, that's like that's, there's a lot is packed in there, right? So I'm just going to try to give you a quick little glimpse of where we're going, what's going to happen, and I mean, how many would like to know the future? You know, I, I, I want to know the future. I want to know maybe not every detail because, you know, God's so full of surprises, and he's not going to give us every detail in our lives. But we can see the bigger picture, right? And so this is the bigger picture. Six, the, uh, mankind basically has been around for 6,000 years. And um, we're coming to the end of an age. And the end of the age is the God of this world, the small g, uh, Satan, Lucifer, what the devil, whatever you want to uh, call him, he has been uh, the ruler of this age. We, Adam and Eve, gave up those rights when they ate of the uh, fruit of that tree, and so Jesus came and took back the authority. Je- Jesus, you know, kicked some devil backside when at the cross and when he went uh, into hell literally took back the the keys to the grave death and hell you know and so he has that authority and that authority has been given to us but we're not going to walk in the full measure of that authority until the king comes back because in my opinion you cannot have a kingdom without the king and so yes we are to advance the kingdom of heaven until he comes back but it won't be fully established until he gets here so we're coming to the end of an age uh, it says in Second Peter that a 1,000 years as is a day with the Lord. And so, once again, 6,000 years from the creation of man to the, where we are right now. We're basically coming to the end of 6,000 years. The seventh day or the next 1,000 years is going to be called the Messianic Age where Jesus Christ will rule and reign upon the earth, releasing the power, the knowledge, the glory of God. It's It's going to be an unprecedented time in history where... The animal kingdom is going to be at peace with one another. Nations will not uh, have war. You know, he's he's called the Prince of Peace for a reason. He's going to bring peace to the earth, and it's going to be the most marvelous time that mankind has ever experienced. That's what we're coming into. That's what is going to happen very, very soon. And so this is a time to be super excited. People uh, throughout all the history of mankind wanted to live at this time that you and I are living in. And so the world doesn't even know this. And so it is our job to get the news out. And this is why I love teaching on the end time because it says in Second Peter where I was talking about that thousand years as a day with the Lord. It says that those that look for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ hasten that day. And so my interpretation of that is when we're looking expectantly and, and praying and, and, you know, I pray every day what it says at the very end of Revelation, it says, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. The bride, you know, the spirit and the bride, the, the spirit of God and the bride of Christ, that's us. We're, we're the bride of Christ. We're, we're, the, we're his church. We're his people. It says the bride and the spirit say quickly, come. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And so I believe that we should be looking expectantly to that because that is the greatest thing that can happen to mankind is for the Lord to come. And to release his power and glory and love. It, once again, we, the, the best day that you've ever had in this lifetime, you know, exponentially, I don't even know what the number would be, is how every day is going to be when the Lord Jesus Christ is here. So get excited. Get excited because that day is coming very, very soon. Hallelujah. And so in the meantime, as we look to that, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit today about where we are exactly uh, on God's prophetic timetable. And Um, and what we are called to do as the body of Christ. So I'm going to start in Matthew 24. Some of you know this scripture or this story. Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, and um, his disciples came to him and were just kind of asking him about the end of the age. That's what it says in this scripture, the end of the age. So, you know, so many times people are thinking about, well, I don't like end times because it's the end of the world and the destruction of the world, and it's nuclear war, and, you know, it just seems like doom and gloom. Well, in uh, Ecclesiastes 1.4, it says, Generation passes from generation, but the earth remains forever. So I want to tell you this morning, the earth will never be destroyed by nuclear warfare. Even though the enemy would love to do that because he hates mankind, but God's hand is upon the earth, okay? He's going to take care of us. And so when you think about end times, it's not the end of the world. It's just the end of an age. It's the end of an age of darkness coming into an age of light the the only light that's in the world right now is is you know us we're God's children we're filled with the Holy Spirit with the light of God that's why Jesus said you know we're the light and the salt right and that's what we have to do and and, um, we're preserving this age right now but when God takes us out of here that's when a really bad time is coming upon the earth called the the tribulation period and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that today so anyways i'm in matthew 24 i'm just going to read uh 36 through 39 once again jesus was on the mount of olives and i think it's interesting that he kind of i feel like this was his kind of campground where whenever he was talking about the future and what god was going to do upon the earth this is kind of where he set up camp it was like his military camp, is what I believe. And he was facing Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives there. And in Zechariah, it says when Jesus comes back, that his feet will hit the Mount of Olives, and it will split it in two. This is when the tribulation period is going on. The Antichrist, some of you have heard about the term, the Antichrist name, the Antichrist, who is will be a, a world leader uh, that wants to rule the world. He'll, he'll rule ten kingdoms. But he's wanting the biggest thing on his mind is to destroy Israel because Satan hates Israel because they're God's chosen people and Jesus is going to set up his headquarters in Jerusalem for all of eternity to rule and reign as king of kings and lord of lords. And so once again, Satan hates Israel and um, he's going to send this uh, antichrist to, uh, kind of a a superhuman being that's going to be empowered by Satan to do his dirty work and the armies of this Antichrist will be there to destroy Israel and Jesus is going to come and save the day, feet hit the Mount of Olives, split it in two and he comes in through the Eastern Gate and some of you might know that uh, Muslims have boarded up that Eastern Gate thinking that they can stop him but (laughs) but Believe me, when his feet hit the Mount of Olives and it splits the mountain in two, how many of you think that gate's going to stop him? So they know. They even know. The enemy knows what the prophetic word is. And this this is the only book in the world that every single prophetic word has been uh, accomplished exactly as God wrote it, you know, many of the prophetic words centuries before they came to pass. No other book in the world can say that. And so if if God has fulfilled every prophetic word that had uh, been spoken, you know, beforehand up till now, how many believe the other ones are going to be fulfilled? Yeah, definitely are. So that's where we're at. We're in once again, chapter 24. And he's verse 36. He says, because they were asking him once again, Lord, tell us about the end of the age and your your second coming. And so he says, now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, you know, the day of his return. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, except the Father alone. And, and that's fascinating. And I, you know, I have to be careful because I could just keep going for hours. And, and I'm not going to do that to you, I promise. Um, I, when I was 14 years old, um, my great aunt took me to hear a man. His name was Dr. Dake, Finnis Dake. I'm sure many of you have never heard of him. But he was the most phenomenal Bible teacher I've ever heard in my life. I was 14 years old, so you have to think about that for a minute. And I literally heard this guy preach for two and a half, maybe three hours straight, and it seemed like 15 minutes to me. I was so fascinated with everything that he, the revelation he had as he taught about end times. It was phenomenal. I guess just for me, I got so excited because something inside me knew it was true. And so he's talking about, you know, I'm not talking about like a Hollywood movie, right, where things are made up. I'm talking about this is true events that are going to come to pass. And so... Uh, Jesus is talking here. No one knows except the Father alone. And as it was in the days of Noah, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days of flood, uh, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah uh, boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This will be the way at the coming of the Son of Man. So, in other words, and and there's so much in in this, but this is just a, a quick little brief overview What's going to happen? And we see it right now. The world is oblivious. And unfortunately, many in the body of Christ, they're oblivious to what is coming upon the earth. And we get so caught up. And this is so easy. I've done it myself. What the enemy wants us to do is to get so caught up in this life with our marriages are struggling or maybe our children struggling in our jobs, whatever it is. We, we all deal with difficulties in life. Jesus made that so clear, right? He said in this life, you'll have many trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And so we have hope in him and we... You know Our security is in him, and we need to keep our eyes fixed on him because when we get so overwhelmed and bogged down by the enemy, then we lose sight of the bigger picture. And we have to realize that we are called, once again, to be that salt and light. And if we're not looking expectantly and watching for his return, we could be swept away just like the people were at the flood. And and so many of the people in the world are going to get swept up into that tribulation period. And trust me, you do not want to be here during that seven years. And God, you know, it it said in the book of Revelation, I think it says over 20 times, it's uh, God's wrath is poured out. But the Bible tells us that we were not appointed unto wrath. So God is going to take us out. So we need to be ready. And and this is a time, once again, get your hearts fixed on the Lord Jesus like never before. Commit your heart to Him. Like Kara was saying, my wife and I obviously are are not perfect people. We're, you know, far from that. But we did our best to do what was right before the Lord. And we made a lot of mistakes. But, you know, there's a difference between, like, being just constantly in sin and bound by sin or, you know, making a mistake. And going to the Lord and asking for forgiveness. If we stay in that place, it's not good. We need to be, you know, bent towards righteousness. But let's don't keep one foot in the world and one in the kingdom. Let's don't do that, people. Let's be, right now, let's be on fire like you guys were talking about this morning. Let's not just be girls on fire. Let's be a church on fire. Right? Just every day. Be in the word. Be consistent in prayer. Do the things you know God has called you to. Giving your finances to him. You know, telling other people about the Lord Jesus. Loving on people. Praying for people. Doing all those things that Jesus did when he walked the earth. That, you know, that is your honor and your privilege that is not given to anybody else except the body of Christ. It's so powerful. And so, in chapter 24, Jesus, like I said, he was sitting on the. Uh, Mount of Olives and he basically what he was telling the, his disciples was expect the unexpected because we went on there in that same chapter 24 he says in verse 2 therefore be alert since you don't know the day of your uh, Lord is coming so you know that was kind of what inspired the title of my message is expect the unexpected so the unexpected is we don't know the day nor the hour but we definitely can know the season right Jesus told us that. We can know the times and the seasons that we're in. There was, one of the tribes of Israel was called Issachar, and they were known for having a discerning spirit. They knew the times and seasons that they lived in. And my wife and I pray that all the time over our lives. God, give us the spirit of Issachar. In other words, we want to know the time that we're living in and be discerning in that time. And, you know, Dan, I was, when we were worshiping this morning, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me about you. And, um... I just saw like uh, the spirit of Daniel upon you, and it's a spirit of wisdom. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you, I, I know you're intelligent in the natural realm. I know that you, you have a lot of knowledge, and that's wonderful. It, it's God-given, but there's a wisdom that's going to come with that knowledge because, you know, knowledge puffs up, but, but wisdom will edify the body of Christ, and then and, and the Lord's going to give you a spirit of wisdom, supernatural wisdom that's going to come upon you to impart the knowledge of the Lord and knowledge in the natural into the body of Christ. And specifically this church, he, he, Pastor Ben's going to be able to lean on you and, and Pastor Kara and, and other leadership in the church. And so, uh, you know, I just release that blessing over you, my friend, that you're going to walk in that spirit of wisdom and, and uh, you know, just study Daniel. Read Daniel. You know, know, know what he did. I'm sure you do already, but just go deeper into it, because you know, four kings, four different kings. He lived a lifetime of four different kings and poured into those and made you know a huge difference for for Israel, for the body, you know, the body of Christ during that time. It's so powerful. So, um, uh, thank you, God. We need to be alert. We don't know the day is coming. Remember the ten, um, so much and I can't go into everything, but just know the parable of the ten virgins. Five are wise, five are foolish. We're going to be the five wise. Right. He was, you the virgins represent the body of Christ, okay? You know, Jesus wasn't even talking about the world there. Five were foolish. 50% of the body of Christ are going to be foolish, I believe, at the time of the rapture. That's not going to be us. The wise ones had their oil. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. So as we spend time, once again, it's all about relationship. Even what they were saying this morning about um, the lady that just shared about the book. It's not a works mentality, right? Like, we we can get into that. Like, sure, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do the works of Christ. But... If I don't have relationship with the Lord Jesus, because remember the Lord said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do this? You know, cast out demons. Didn't I do this and all that? And what did Jesus say? Depart from me. I never knew you. We're not going to hear those words from the Lord because we're going to have oil in our lamps. We're going to be spending time with the Lord, worshiping him. Listen, God has, and obviously I don't know the number, but God has a gazillion angels That can do anything he wants at any moment he wants. Do you think he needs us to do the works? No, he allows us to do it. You know what he wants with you and me? He wants relationship. You're his son, you're his daughter. He loves you so intensely. You're the only creature in all of the universe. And God has magnificent creatures all around his throne. I mean, things that we can't even imagine. You you know, the four living creatures and all that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, things that if they manifested right here, right now, we'd all have a meltdown. We couldn't even take it. These angels, these creatures worship God 24-7. But we are the only ones that were created in his image. You have the DNA of God in your body. That is so crazy. Crazy. So we've established the fact that we don't know the day his coming, but we definitely can know the season. And so I'm going to turn to 1 Timothy here. And, uh, you know, we know this season, too, because Jesus said the earth is travailing and, and we see uh, unprecedented earthquakes and uh, tornadoes and flooding. And I mean, the earth's just in these labor pains is what the word says, right? It's getting ready to give birth to a new age. And it says in Romans that all of creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. And that's who we are. And and the time's coming, and we're going to get into this in just a minute, we we are going to be those that have died and gone before us, and even those that will be alive at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to get resurrected bodies that will live forever, that will never get sick, never feel pain, uh, will be youthful for forever. We'll be like the Lord Jesus, you know, doing supernatural things after he was raised from the dead. Yeah. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know <laughs> what would, but I they get, you know, I'm 61 years old and I'm looking for that new body. I tell me, I, I, this is like, what really gets me excited every day is I'm gonna be looking like I was in my twenties. Believe me, I looked much better then, much better. <laughs> I long for that day, but just to be able to do supernatural works Just for a thousand years being used by the Lord to, you know, it says that the knowledge and the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. All of us are going to be used by God in that next age supernaturally. And I believe it's dependent on how we live our lives in this age. How obedient we are to God in this age is going to determine the level of authority that we walk in for the next thousand years. So let that sink in for a minute. Just be obedient. Not not everybody is called to be, you know, a a preacher or a teacher. (laughs) And, you know, to me, that's not even the most powerful thing in the body of Christ. What's the most powerful thing is when we're out there doing the works of Christ outside the four walls. And that's all of you guys. All of us should be doing that. So uh, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So this is a trustworthy saying. If anyone aspires to be an overseer and desires... Oh, uh, well, wait, I'm sorry. I'm in First Timothy, but I got to get to 2 Timothy. All right, that's still a good thing, what I was talking about, but that's not... <laughs> okay, but I know this. Hard times will come in the last days. How many believe that there's some hard times that are out there right now? I and mean, even what we went through last year with the whole COVID and... There's just, there's so much tension in the world right now. (laughs) It's unbelievable what's going on. Because, you know, it says in Isaiah 60, Behold, there's a deep darkness upon the earth, but behold, the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So as the world gets darker and darker until the day that the Lord's returning, I believe it's going to get darker, the body of Christ is going to begin to shine brighter and brighter. This is our greatest opportunity. This is our greatest hour to be used by God like never before. And, and we're seeing great miracles that are happening. Um, even last week at our church, after the, the youth camp, that we had the young people come up on our ministry team. We saw legs growing out and, and people's back pain healed. And all kinds of people were crying and crying as, as the, you know, the teenagers are praying for them. So powerful. And we're going to see so much more of that. You're going to see so much more of that in this church. I know it for sure. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to par- parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control. <laughs> is it that not the world that we're living in? Yes. Brutal, without love for what is good. We see now people, especially people in government, calling you know, evil good and good evil. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness. We've even seen that come into the church, but denying the power thereof. So many of the church today saying, yes, you know, we believe in Jesus, but the miracles and things that, that, that the first century church did, no, that's gone. We, we don't have a right to that anymore. That is so untrue miracles are happening everywhere and we need to be expecting those to happen and they're going to happen in your lives be bold go out there begin to pray for people that are sick and 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 have needs god's going to use you once again this is your right this is your inheritance it's not just a couple people up here on the stage no god is so much bigger than that once again the the hard stuff is outside the church There are so many people out there that are looking for help, and you guys are going to be touching those people. I know that for sure. I mean, we look at the world today, you know, it's talking about lovers of self, right? I've just taken one little part of the scripture. But think about Facebook, YouTube, MySpace, iTunes. Uh, Do I need to say more? iPad, you know? It's all about me, right? That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is all about him. It's not about me. You know what God's doing? He's raising up a nameless, faceless generation. No wonder the enemy wants Facebook, you know, MySpace, YouTube. You know, it's, right, it's such a narcissistic spirit that's on the world. That's not coming on us. You know, in the name of Jesus, I'm gonna be one that's gonna promote him and not myself. Our self-esteem should come from knowing who we are in God, His children, and uh, we are nothing apart from Him, but with Him we are everything. Amen. Don't let the world tell you what you're supposed to be. Read the Bible and know what God says about you. People are seeking pleasure all the time, and you know, it says here that they ignore God. People are seeking pleasure all the time and ignore God completely. It's so sad because only God can give you lasting joy. I know, once again, I live that other side. You know, the world will tell you that you can have the pleasures of this world, and it's not a lasting pleasure. You can have happiness for a short time, but, you know, when when your money's gone or when the party's over or whatever, you know, then that depression sets in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But with Jesus there's joy in our heart. It's not predicated on how much money we have or don't have. You know, Paul said, I've, I've learned to be content in all things, whether I have a lot of money or no money, because nobody could take Jesus from him. And so that's who, you know, gives us our joy, not not the, the pleasures of this world, which really aren't, aren't even pleasures. I, that's my opinion, because <laughs> uh, I've done both. So... So I'm just how much more time do I have, Kara? Okay, all right. I'm gonna make it 15 minutes. Okay, so I, I can't cover everything on the end times, obviously, this morning. But but I am gonna tell you this because so Jesus is coming back to set up that messianic kingdom. After that thousand years. Satan is gonna be bound for that thousand years. He will be loose for a short time. The Bible doesn't tell us that period of time. There's gonna be one last time where Satan is gonna go out, you know, all all gates are open. And actually, this is unbelievable to me, but after a thousand years of Christ ruling and reigning, there are actually people on the earth that will rebel against God. Satan will be loose for that short time. They're gonna Satan's gonna come with it says the people will be as Numerous as the sand on the sea, which to me is just mind-boggling. They surround Israel one last time, the holy city. And this time, God the Father says, that's enough. Enough's enough. My son took care of the Antichrist the first time. It says, God sends fire down from heaven and destroys Satan. Satan's locked up for eternity. And then the new Jerusalem from heaven comes down to the earth. And it says, God the Father will make Tabernacle or live among us forever. And then there'll be a a new heaven and a new earth. The the earth remains forever, just like I said, but it'll be a renovation of the earth. And and God's going to make the earth back to the way it was in the original form. It's going to be a beautiful place where we will rule and reign with God forever. It's going to be, you know, beyond our our wildest uh, imagination. You know, that's what it says in the word, that no eye is seen, no ear is heard. No mind can conceive what God has prepared for those that love him. So, and I have a pretty good imagination, but even you know, like the craziest things that I can imagine with God, he's going to just blow that away. And so I'm <laughs> so looking forward to that day. That's why I'm willing to make some sacrifices in this life. And, it, and that would be my biggest message to, to each one of you this morning is Whatever God asks you to sacrifice, that's between you and the Lord. That's none of my business. And what he asks me to sacrifice is none of your business. It's like this is a personal relationship, right? So, you know, maybe there's more of the bo- time he wants you to spend reading the Bible each day. Maybe he's asking you to actually fast a meal. You know, how many know you can live if you don't eat one meal? Yeah. Um you know whatever it might be he, there's certain pleasures of this world that we can choose to lay down for his kingdom because if you don't take anything away from this message this morning take this one thing away sacrifice releases power now think about this this is a, this is a, a kingdom principle the ultimate sacrifice that was ever made was the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross would anybody agree with that this morning that was the ultimate sacrifice And the power of sin was defeated. The power of death was defeated. The enemy was defeated because of the ultimate sacrifice. That's the kingdom principle. You want power released in your life? Ask the Lord what you can sacrifice. And he'll begin to release more authority and power into your life. That's the way it works. So Just 10 more minutes here. I'm just going to talk about two events that I believe have been very confusing for for thousands or hundreds of years. And it's the second coming of Jesus to the earth and the rapture. It's two separate events. And the Apostle Paul was dealing with this. So I'm I'm going to um, 2 Thessalonians. And what was kind of going on here in Thessalonica is... They, some people were saying, well, the Lord has already come, and the kingdom's here, and, and Paul's like, no, 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 and let, me, let me straighten this out, this, this hasn't happened yet, so he, this is what he's addressing here in 2 Thessalonians. So I'm in chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, now concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, so he's talking about two separate events, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the church being gathered to him. We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled because some people were all up in arms like we missed it. And, you know, we've missed out on what God had promised. And, and Paul's like, no, you, this hasn't happened yet. Let me bring clarity to this, either by prophecy or message, because evidently somebody had, you know, given a prophetic word to send, send out some letter saying that, the, you know, he said allegedly the day of the Lord had come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come. Unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. This is another title of the Antichrist. I believe he has like 10 or 15 different names in the Bible. One of them is the man of lawlessness. The man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalted, exalts himself above every so-called God or object object of worship so that he sets in God's temple proclaiming that He himself is God. So there's going to be a temple that is going to be, I believe, there's a temple that's going to be built very, very soon in Jerusalem during the time of the tribulation. The Antichrist tells the Jewish people, he makes a covenant with them. I believe it's uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. But he makes a, a covenant of seven years with Israel and says, hey... Your, your temple's built, do your sacrifices, do everything that God has called you to. In the middle of that seven years, he breaks that covenant with them and says no more sacrifices the way God told you to do it in his word. Now he sets up his image of himself in the temple and wants to be worshipped as God is, is what uh, Paul is talking about here. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this? But you know current, what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And we see it now. The spirit of the Antichrist, we see the spirit. Even though the man himself, will, I believe, will not be revealed or manifested. He could even be alive right now. I'm pretty sure he is. But the world's not going to know who he is until the church is taken out of here. And that's what he's talking about here. We're, we're going to go into this just a little bit more. Um and so the, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. The spirit of Antichrist, we see it. Antichrist, you know, one definition is anything that opposes Christ or the Christian values. And you see that, you know, in our government and throughout the world. They're coming so hard against the Bible and what the Bible teaches and, you know, promoting homosexuality and, and so many other things that opposes God's word. It's, those are anti-Christ things, trying to shut the church down like they did last year, right? They want to shut the church down. You know, you can, you can go do all the abortion clinics are open, but you can't go to church. Does anybody see something wrong with that picture? I mean, put the mask on. You know, you can go to church, but don't worship God is what they're saying. No singing in church because it can, you know, promote the, the uh, disease, right? Boy, that's so much baloney. We can't get deceived like that, people, we have to see what the enemy is trying to do. It's that antichrist spirit. It's everywhere. The Lord, and, and so, and then the lawless one will be revealed, removed or revealed. But the one that now restrains will, will uh, continue until he is taken out of the way. To me, that is so clear that that is the body of Christ. What is restraining? We are the salt and the light, Right? We're the only thing that's restraining a full-blown... I mean, we're the only ones that are out there protesting things that come against the body of Christ or, or, you know, against Christ. We're we're the only ones that are doing that. Imagine when we are taking out. It's going to be... The gates of hell are going to be opened over America and the world. We're the restrainer. And so until that restraining force, the body of Christ, is taken out of the way... The Antichrist can't be revealed. The, Jesus, that the Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. Praise God for that. So now <clears throat> I'm just going to look real quick. I'm going to 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to look at. So there's two, there's two events. The second coming of Christ is when Jesus comes back with us and literally comes to the earth. The thing that cannot happen until the The rapture happens where Jesus, we meet Jesus in the air. Jesus doesn't actually set foot. Remember I said earlier that he sets on his second coming. He sets foot on the Mount of Olives. It tells us that in Zechariah. He literally, you know, physically comes upon the earth, sets his feet upon the earth. The rapture is when we are caught up in the air to be with him and we go back to heaven. You know, Jesus said, I go away in the uh, Gospel of John. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. You know, I will come back for you. That was the rapture, saying he's going to come back and take us to this place that he's been preparing for us. Each one of you has a mansion in heaven that Jesus himself has been working on. I don't think it was any coincidence that he was a carpenter here. (laughs) He's a good carpenter. He's a great carpenter. He's the master builder, that's for sure. So, First Thessalonians. Paul's talking about this event called the rapture, and real quick, verses thirteen through eighteen. I don't want you to be uninformed. You know, some uh, interpretations is says uh, I don't want you to be ignorant, <laughs> which me, which means uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who have fallen asleep, that you might, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. When those that have fallen asleep are our loved ones that have died, and, and you know their spirit. What happens at death is our spirit leaves our body. This body is temporal. This isn't the real you and me. It's a spirit person inside of us, right? The, Paul said this is just a temporary tent. And so we're going to put off this tent one day, whether we die and our spirit leaves this body and we go to heaven, or if we're alive and remain when the rapture happens, and then our bodies will be instantly changed. It says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to, you know, it's Paul says that the corruptible will put on incorruptible. Mortality will put on immortality when these bodies, because Jesus said flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. Paul's talking about that. But these new bodies can. This, this body cannot inherit. This body cannot live forever. But the bodies that God is going to give us can live forever. And, and will live forever. So that's what he's talking about. So people in this world, when they lose loved ones, they have no hope. We have hope. We're going to see our loved ones again. We're going to be with them for all of eternity. If you've lost a loved one, which I have. I talked about my sister and, you know, my grandparents and whoever. People, so many people that I love. They're in heaven. They're in a better place than we are, waiting for us. So, we, you know, it's, even though death is so hard, we have hope. We have so much hope. The world has no hope. We have hope because we know we'll be reunited with them. For we say to you by word of the Lord, so this was direct revelation given to Paul from the Lord Jesus. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So what he's talking about is those, those bodies will come up out of the grave. The, the, spirit, the spirits of all the people that have gone before us are with the Lord. When the Lord comes and Gabriel blows that trumpet in the air, the last trump. And I can't even get into that this morning because it takes way too long. But there's going to be a trumpet that sounds and then the bodies of those that have died before us, those that are in Christ, those that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, their bodies will be resurrected. I'm telling you that would be an exciting place to be is in a cemetery when that moment happens. And the dead in Christ are caught up with the other ones uh, you know, that will be taken up. Those of us say we're alive at that time of the rapture, I'm praying for that, that I believe that's gonna happen within the next 20 years. We're alive, and our bodies are instantly changed, and we're caught up, but we won't perceive those. We'll see those people go up first. That's what Paul's talking about here. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be w- with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words, and so that's what I want to do this morning is encourage you with these words. If we're coming into the best time. In history of mankind we we, in these next 20 years and, and maybe it's longer whatever it is you know it could be one year we don't know there's the rapture is imminent in other words there's nothing that has to happen according to scripture before the rapture can happen there is things that have to happen before the second coming of the lord but not the rapture so we should live our lives in a way that we're looking for him to come at any moment you know, I heard a guy say one time, prepare your life in the natural like you're going to live for 100 years. But in the spiritual, like you're only going to live for one more moment. Because your heart should be so aligned just looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus. That's the way we should live our lives spiritually, right? We're going to be on fire for him every day, making the most of every moment. I, I, I pray every day, Lord, I don't know if you're going to give me one more year or 20 more years. I don't care. I honestly don't care. I, you know, Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. And that's a good place to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. That's, that's my mindset. Like, Jesus, if you give me one more year or one more week, whatever, I want to make the most of that one day, one week, or 20 years. I want to make the most of that. Whatever you're going to give me, God, don't let me, don't let me waste one more day. Lord, help me to live the most for you every day. Amen. That's what he's calling all of us to. We're going to reap the reward for all of eternity when we make the most of every moment. So, Kara, how do you want me to end? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to pray that over us. Um, Father, I thank you. Your word is so powerful. And Father, we know that every prophetic word that you've spoken in the Bible has come true. And Lord, we know every other one is gonna come true. Father, we know that your son is coming soon to rule and reign upon the earth. And we're gonna rule and reign with him. And we long for that day, Father. But, but in the meantime, God, we say, here we are, just like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Lord, we say, send us, use us for your glory. Fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Even this morning, God, I just ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to be released over this church. Lord, that they will experience your love and power and be used by you, not only in their own families, but to reach many outside of their families, friends and and neighbors, people that they work with. God, we just say thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, Father, and we rejoice in it because, God, we are your children and we have such a great inheritance. And so, Father, we long for that day when Jesus will rule and reign upon the earth. But, but Lord, like we said, in the meantime, use us for your glory. Let us be the salt and the light. Let us make uh, a difference, God, in this short time that we're here on earth. Don't let us uh, be like the people in Noah's day, God, that they were eating and drinking and getting caught up in marriage and and whatever else, but their eyes weren't upon the kingdom and they got swept away. We say, Lord, that's not gonna happen to us. Father, we know the parable of the 10 virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish, five were waiting. They had oil in their lamps. They were looking for the bridegroom. Father, we say we are gonna be those that are are wise and, and filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit, looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you this morning for this time that we're living in. Unprecedented time, God. A time that people throughout history long to see and know and live in the days that we're living in. God, thank you that we were born for such a time as this. So help us, Father, once again, we ask you in Jesus' name.